0: Welcome, listeners, to this episode of Block Tales. The Block Tales podcast enters its second season here in 2018 with more interviews, stories, and experiences by today's industry leaders. The blockchain economy is getting more attention than ever before, and as your host of the Block Tales podcast, I strive to ask all of the right questions that you, the listeners, need to know. I'm Always welcoming your comments and questions, and please send them directly to me to tony at farfrom.tv or direct message me on any of our social media accounts. You can follow us on Twitter at BlockTales and at FarFromTV. You can like us on Facebook, and you can watch all of our videos on YouTube. Please give us a rating and leave us a comment after listening to this podcast. You can follow farfrom.tv on Twitter, at farfromtv, and check out the latest in today's technology news policy and the latest gadgets. Today's blockchain guest is Josh DeWitt, co-founder and CEO of CoinLion. CoinLion is building the world's first cryptocurrency trading platform with built-in portfolio management, atomic swaps, publishing and promotional tool sets, dual blockchain order book systems, and token generation capabilities. Josh DeWitt is a finance industry expert from Merrill Lynch with a history of trading instruments like debt equities and derivatives and foreign exchange. He's expertise in portfolio construction and analysis, and he was an early cryptocurrency trader and adopter. Welcome to the show, Josh, and why don't you dive right in to discuss what the CoinLion platform is and what makes you better than your competitors in this marketplace.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, CoinLion is working to build a cryptocurrency trading platform similar to something like a eTrade or a Charles Schwab or a TD Ameritrade platform, but that also has some different components built into it. Um, it it's really focused on trying to, to make cryptocurrency trading and portfolio management easy and efficient. There's and not a lot of people maybe even know this, but there's over 1,500 Different cryptocurrencies right now, and then there's more coming out every day. So, in order to manage portfolios of cryptocurrency, there's really no tools out there. Um, if anybody's you know been trading cryptocurrency or been uh, you know participating or investing in it, uh, they understand the difficulties that are out there when it comes to all the different wallets and the different accounts that you have. And then uh, there's no way to implement any sort of disciplined or controlled investment process similar to like you would implement um as like investment an investment manager or portfolio manager. So Coinline is building tools to make that very easy. Um, and then also adding in a couple of different components, one being the ability to follow other professional traders' trades. So if you're a new cryptocurrency uh investor or you want to participate in the cryptocurrency market you can do so and come to coin and then follow a portfolio of someone else who's maybe been doing it or has the experience that you might not have. So that's one added feature um, that a lot of traditional platforms don't have. And then the social component as well, which is kind of built into our research portal where users can like submit and contribute their own research to the platform. So other individuals can come and learn and grow um, their cryptocurrency holdings. So it's kind of, uh, I think I would describe it as three, you know, three main parts. The first is the trading platform allows you to trade cryptocurrencies. Um, the second would be the, the portfolio management tool. And then the third is the, the social component, um, allowing individuals to interact with each other and share information related to the management of, of cryptocurrency.
0: So what makes your uh, system different than your competitors?
1: yeah uh, that's a great question right now i don't know i would say a lot of different things The, the real standout uh feature that's gonna that's gonna really set us apart is the portfolio management tool um which allows you to build portfolios and then buy multiple cryptocurrencies with a single click so for example um if you wanted to build a portfolio that had like 40 cryptocurrencies in it or 30 cryptocurrencies now you would have to go and buy, and, and you know, go and buy each one individually, and there'd be no way to really get a proper like allocation. Let's say I wanted you know ten percent in Bitcoin, five percent in Ethereum, you know, fifteen percent in in Litecoin or whatever. Um, I, it would be difficult for me to do that uh, and, and keep those in line with my uh, investment like mandate or my investment process. Whereas with this portfolio management tool, you can come in and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna you know, to invest 1,000 Ether or maybe it's you know, $100,000, and I'm going to put it into these 30 different currencies at 3% in each one, and it's an equally weighted portfolio. Then I could name that portfolio, submit that up, and uh, that would allow other people to track that, track all the progress, the returns on that. So it just makes it very easy to manage portfolios and then share those portfolios with others. That's one one of the main features that would stand us apart from the competition. I think, in general, it's you know our user interface is very easy to use and understand. That's one of the, the other things too. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things that that really make us stand out. And I think the social component too, allowing others, to, basically, there's an ecosystem within CoinLion with the, the 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 Lion token that lives inside of the platform, and so users can basically. Uh, spend and earn the token for doing different activities within the platform. And that might be, you know, creating a research piece or sharing a portfolio or, you know, doing a video blog uh, on cryptocurrency management, Um, just anything, you know, really anything related to the management of of digital assets, users will be able to submit to their profile and other users will be able to follow um, that and be able to reward them in the line token. So there's a, a number of different components kind of all working together.
0: What are some of the challenges that you think that you're going to face as you bring new clients on and getting, getting them to use the system in the manner uh, that you've described? Yeah,
1: I think you know, the main challenge right now is education, educating the, the, the participants and trying to present information that is maybe complicated or you know, scary, daunting to some and in an easy-to-read-and-understand uh, manner. Um, and so that's one of the things we're really working hard on, and that has to do with our, our user interface. We're creating like a video series. So ed- education and, and uh, you know getting the research out there to people who need it and who maybe because right now we're kind of in a phase where we're catering towards basically, I would say, cryptocurrency enthusiasts who've been in, involved in the space and who are um, participating already. And then as we launch this platform, they're going to be the ones that are creating portfolios, and then there's going to be this new group of individuals that are still entering the market that come to kind of follow and piggyback off the back of backs of others. So I think education is the big one right now. Um, just the learning curve Um and cryptocurrency isn't isn't a very complicated thing. Once you get into it and you start doing transactions and things, it's very simple. So just getting over that hump and uh, the fear that people have, you know, the volatility. Obviously, right now, if you're following the markets, um, you know, it's kind of we're on a, kind of on a downtrend here with cryptocurrency in general. Um, so it's just understanding that as well, the, the fear factor and the volatility of it, and, and that's kind of a normal cycle.
0: I understand that volatility is a trader's paradise. Traders
1: love volatility. So if you have just traders that are you know maybe trading in traditional markets and they haven't seen the volatility they want, they, they a lot of times move to the cryptocurrency market. But then you also have you know, that new group of users that you're trying to attract as well. And they were really you know, riding the high of the euphoria of Bitcoin, you know, 20,000. And that was attracting a lot of new people. And I, and now with the, the markets kind of taking this steep downturn, I think that it could you turn a few new people off. You know, is, is to say, hey, I, maybe I can't stomach this type of volatility. Um, I, I definitely think we're going to see a turnaround, uh, you know, in the short term term here but um you know it's uh i think it can be scary for for some people so it might be a little you know it could be a little bit of a slower um you know growth rate here in in the short term
0: let's talk about security and if you could sort of outline why um coin is more secure than let's say some of your other competitors
1: you know we really work to follow the best practices of some of the biggest players in the industry you know i would say it's it Security is a huge issue, um, and there's there's a right way and a wrong way to go about doing it. Um, you know, you just really have to stay vigilant, and, and, and obviously, you can't make any mistakes. And so, one of the things Coinline is doing, like I said, is following the best practices, the biggest exchanges out there, um, Coinbase, Gemini, um, those types of exchanges that have had very good, solid track records, and that involves distributed multi-multi uh, signature wallets, um, basically where. 98 percent of the funds are secured offline in hardware wallets that are distributed geographically um, and and so that makes it a lot more secure than keeping any you know funds in like what would be considered a hot wallet which is uh, a non- hardware wallet so only two percent of the funds really will be held in an online environment where that is really just used to facilitate the withdrawals uh, from the platform so as people are you know making their withdrawals that's what with that is to, to facilitate quick uh, quick withdrawals because the funds that are stored in the multi-signature wallets that are uh, geographically distributed, basically in order to pull funds from there, you need about a 72-hour window So, because um, you have to have multiple signatures where basically the top three employees in the company need to kind of simultaneously sign off on transactions. So there's that. And then I also, you know, I am um, not the uh, tech expert. But we are releasing a security protocol document here coming up, which will outline a little more too on our website um, our exact security protocol. So we kind of look to mitigate um, risk by uh, on a couple different fronts. You know, one is obviously the hardware that we use. Uh, two is our people um, within the company internally, because you have risk there. Um, so you want to make sure that you're eliminating any risk there with any uh, individuals. So it's uh, kind of a uh, a couple of pronged approach where you're basically screening all individuals, making sure there's no risk internally from the company, and then um, you know distributing hardware, multiple signature hardware wallets, and then also, um, yeah, just is holding most of the funds offline in secure locations.
0: Josh, can you expand a little bit more upon theft of coins and maybe some of the scams that go on out there?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, just being a part of the whole token sale, you can you can see the, the scammers that are out there. So, I mean, there's a number of different fronts that you get attacked on. Um, so you have to protect on all those fronts. And I think to protect our uh, customers and users, um, you know, we really want to make sure that we're educating people as well. Because you got to be very vigilant um, when, when even when you're just doing little things. Like this morning, I got an email, just for example, from Binance. But it wasn't from Binance. And it said you need to click on this link to verify this. Um, and th- th- your account, and, and I looked at the email that it came from, and it was clearly it looked like a scam. So there's just so much of that going on too. So I think a big part of it is making sure that you're educating individuals, as well as having your our security protocols in place um, and following those to a T, and not uh, wavering on that at all. But uh, you know, Coinline wants to be a trusted source and a trusted platform, so. Those those things will really come into play. Uh, education, making sure that users are aware of all the different types of attacks that can happen, and then what we're doing on our fronts to make sure that we're protecting all user front funds.
0: So maybe you could um, maybe you could outline a little bit about what you're going to do with the proceeds from the ICO. Well,
1: it was seven million dollars. You know, uh, Ether, Ethereum has fluctuated a little bit here too, so it's kind of. You know, our goal is to make this last as long as we can. Give us a long runway.
0: Do you get to participate in that upside as you keep um, Ethereum as your asset base?
1: Yes, we do hold some Ethereum still. You know, our goal is to make sure that we secure basically all the funds we need to complete the platform, and then have these funds available down the road for you know extended development, research, um, you know, implementing implementing new technologies as they come available, hiring, um, etc. Right now, our focus is. Um, getting the platform launched, uh, we're really putting funds towards the research portal that we're developing right now, um, hoping to have that launched in the, in the next uh, 20, 30 days by the end of February. Um, so that's right now where some of our funding is going. We, we allocated about 65% of our funds for development. Um, that includes some business development, um, but mainly platform development. And then um, we have funds allocated for security and, and legal and then customer service is kind of the four main prongs of that, where, you know, we, we want to stand out on customer service as well. And I think we've done a great job of that so far. We've been able to basically have a 24-hour or less turnaround time for, for response times. Um, so that's been really good. Uh, and, the, and the legal side of things, too. You know, we have a lot of – so we have a, a in-house compliance officer um, to make sure that we're doing everything uh, the way that we need to when it comes to money transfer licenses, all of our, our legal – and we work with other law firms as well. So that's a big part of it as well.
0: We're gonna take a short break, and when we come back, we're gonna have more Blocktails conversations with Josh DeWitt, the
2: co-founder and CEO of CoinLion. The Digital Money Forum at CES 2018 is a day-long conference looking at the entire spectrum of financial technologies. As digital currencies become the norm, The forum will tackle questions of security and authority, bringing together top thinkers in the fintech and blockchain spaces to speculate on and craft the future of money. When you can pay for Valley parking with Bitcoin, or your office vending machine uses a blockchain payment system, or if your smartphone is buying your groceries, are traditional financial systems still pertinent? Who has the power and control, and what guarantees are there for the safety of your money? Join the 2018 Digital Money Forum as we examine and discuss the endless possibilities, as well as the risk, rewards, and safety of doing business and living with the democratization of money. And welcome back to the blocktails
0: podcast. I am your host Tony Sklar. We've been speaking with the co-founder and CEO of CoinLion, Mr. Josh Dewitt. And Josh, let's jump right back into uh, our discussion. So I, I can appreciate the idea of having a good legal staff, right? It's uh, it's a co- they're not cheap. They're not they're not cheap. It's uh, it's an excellent cost center. But maybe you could talk a little bit about compliance and transparency, and if. You could equate your platform to an e-trade or a TD Ameritrade, and what the um, not just the, the compliance structure looks like for a trading house. Yeah,
1: it's um, it's there's a lot that goes into it, you know. Um, we've 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 contracted with some other big uh, firms that basically specialize in money transfer licenses, and that's one of our first steps. Is to we're we're getting the money transfer licenses that we need, and then we also are partnered with another company that has all the of the money transfer licenses to make sure that we can transact um, and, and do basically fiat currency to cryptocurrency. So that's one of the big things right now. Um, you know, we aren't a securities platform. So there's obviously a lot of talk in the regulatory environment right now about, you know, our cryptocurrencies, the security, and they've kind of deemed, you know, they've put it in two classes, the security token and utility token, and there's still arguments going back and forth about what is what. So, you know, our platform right now, the way it stands, we're not looking to accept securities on the platform. So we are uh, what's called basically a utility token trading platform. Um, and that's going to be our, the tokens that do go on our platform, the coins that go on our platform have to basically pass our due diligence and our tests to make sure that they aren't deemed securities. Um, down the road, if, if you want to be a securities type of trading platform like an eTrade, where you actually trade you can trade securities or securities tokens, um, you would need to be registered with the SEC and do some of that. So I think that that could be coming down the road as we basically grow and as the regulatory kind of environment basically pans out and they kind of classify all these different tokens and things. And so we will kind of have to change and adapt as we go along. But as it stands right now, we don't trade securities on our platform.
0: And what about the report? Yeah, maybe you could sort of morph into sort of the – the taxation of profits that could possibly be derived when trading asset classes like currency.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's, um, you know, it's, uh, that's still kind of a, a changing environment as well. There's been different talks from different uh, regulatory bodies about what asset is class, classified as what and what the taxes are. So we're still working through all that um, as far as like, getting a, a great outline down to how, what are best practices when it comes to filing and claiming your taxes on these assets um, we we do, we do have a reporting system built in that will track all of your gains and losses and that sort of things so to have tax-like reports. I did just read that Coinbase sent out ten ninety nines, so I, I we need to basically dive more into that um and see how that's working. I haven't heard, I, that's the first I've heard of uh, exchanges sending out any sort of actual tax document. But then I also heard that they were basically putting on the 1099 that any sort of volume traded counted as profit. So I, there were people that were saying they had over $200,000 claimed on the 1099, but they they never had those funds. So I think there's still a lot of ambiguity there with that. And uh, the biggest thing is staying up on top of it and, and trying to do the right thing and give the information to the users so they can file the taxes appropriately.
0: And where are you going to curate your research from?
1: So the research, uh, right now, the way that the research portal works is it's going to be user-driven and then curated by CoinLine. So a user can create a profile on the platform. Um, they can submit a piece of research, and then that goes to CoinLine for curation. And if that piece of research is accepted, then the user can be rewarded or the user can set a price for the, the research. Maybe they do a weekly you know, podcast or something like that. For that sort of content, they can set a Cost in the Lion token, so they can actually generate tokens for contributing to the research portal. There'll also be a couple of different sections in the portal that are just strictly curated by CoinLion. Um, so we'll have uh, we sh- we'll have some preferred researchers in there that are vetted by CoinLion. Um, but it is it is going to be user driven, um, but curated by CoinLion. And as that grows out, we may have to adapt that strategy. You know, if if, if we're getting so many contributions where it's just overwhelming. But, uh, you know, we want to get a, a really good
0: stockpile of great research for the participants in the platform to, to utilize. Um, and is there going to be some geography restrictions on where you'll allow new users to come from? Yeah, we're still working through all that. I'd have to cl- talk to
1: the compliance
0: officer. Um, he's
1: going to, you know, we're, we're outlining. There is going to be a ge- geographical restrictions. Um, you know, we'll have to abide by regulation. It just depends on the regulatory environment in those locations you know i'm, I'm so off the top of my head i want to say uh, china right now is probably something that will be outlined. um new york requires a bit license so we have to work through some regulation there and some uh, some states have individual laws and so as we get our money transfer licenses in certain states we'll add them to our list of accepted uh states so it'll be kind of a work in process um depending on how we can partner with this other company that we're working with as well here to offer in all 50 states so um, yeah, there, there will be some geographical restrictions. Hopefully, we can limit that to as little as possible, but uh, we have to
0: abide by regulation as well. Josh, this is you're the co-founder of this company, Coinline. How did this come about?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I was working. I, I worked in traditional finance, stocks, bonds, you know, those sort of things. And I have a, a master's of portfolio management from Creighton University. So I was working at Merrill Lynch um, for the past couple of years on a team. Um, just managing traditional assets and building portfolios and that sort of thing. And then at the same time, I actually got started mi- mining cryptocurrency. So I built um, computers, you know, built uh, Ethereum mining rigs. So they're, you know, you're just using graphics processing units, motherboard, and, and putting together a computer there to kind of uh, mine Ethereum. So I built one of those and then basically started you – know, that, that, that worked out really well. So I continued to do that and I ended up you know, building out a pretty good mining farm. Um, which was pretty. It was exciting, and I was also trading cryptocurrencies too because uh cryptocurrencies they don't stop trading; they trade twenty four seven. So the market stops. Um, you know, at Merrill Lynch, and market close at three thirty here our time. So then I would, um, be trading just different cryptocurrencies, and I did not have the tools that I was used to. You know, working at Merrill Lynch and I at BlackRock Portfolio Academy and things they. There's all sorts of different tools out there to make managing portfolios uh, easy and efficient and there are no tools like that in cryptocurrency so I, I kind of had talked to a, a friend of mine who was an attorney um, started there and I said hey you know what would it take if we were to try to build out some of these tools for cryptocurrency and so we started talking we started we talked to a few different companies about having them do it externally um, and raising some capital that way and that didn't seem like that was uh, going to be the way to go. So then we ended up ended up kind of looking for some different programmers and senior developers and things. And we uh, found our, our CTO, Justice, so it kind of started with us three. Um, we started talking and, you know, penciling out some different ideas on, on paper and uh, napkins and at restaurants, etc. And then um, it kind of really just grew out from there. We got a, a connection with one of our friends, Zach, who's our chief marketing officer and connected us with uh, – Jeffrey Hazlett, who connected us with all of our board of advisors, and then it just really, really grew out. Um, so it was uh, it was a work in process, and it it, mo- it kind of uh, morphed into really what it is today, um, and it's been very well received by the cryptocurrency community. I think
0: a lot of people
1: are, are looking for these types of tools.
0: So now that you have capped off your ICO, you've got some cash to be able to develop. You've got some operating capital to look at future growth. Give me your outlook on how you feel the blockchain and cryptocurrency markets are going to um, accelerate in the next, let's say, I don't know, one year, two years.
1: Yeah, you know, I think it just depends, too. Is it's, it's some, Sometimes I think it's unfortunate that maybe there is so much correlation to Bitcoin. Um, you know, Bitcoin has its own challenges right now. And there's a lot of other tokens out there that have great use cases, you know, Ethereum being one of them and and the platform that they have an ability to build decentralized applications. So I think we'll just have to see how it plays out with Bitcoin and how, uh, you know, some of these other currencies and use cases develop. I do think there's tremendous opportunity for growth, um, even though we've seen this big pullback, which it, it is, I think, can be healthy to some extent, you know. Nothing, you know, Ethereum is up like was up like 8000 percent this year. And if something can go up that fast, it can certainly come down just as quick. So um, I just think that people need to have realistic expectations about what the markets are going to look like with that type of volatility. There is certainly going to con- see continued volatility. Um, and I, I just think that the use cases will continue to grow. Uh, blockchain technology, I think, is going to transform a lot of industries and you know, eliminating the middleman and making it easy for peer-to-peer business transactions. you know. Uh, so something like an Uber did to taxis, I think that blockchain can do a lot of that to different industries. And so I, I am optimistic and bullish on it. And I think that as we continue to develop use cases and kind of these networks, which are is really what blockchain is about, is developing these networks and connecting people. Um, and I think we kind of can see the power of that and, and how it makes doing business very easy. So I, I think optimistic over the next one to five years will could we see an extended uh bear market or an extended period of of lower prices yes um i think that what happens is individuals get over exuberance um and then kind of that buzz dies down and then we see these you know uh pullbacks and then maybe you know know, it may take a little bit for the the buzz to ramp up again so i I, we're just going to continue to see these ups and downs and uh but but long term the technology is here to stay and I think that more and
0: more assets will kind of move to the blockchain. And will you be able to transfer assets within CoinLion to another user?
1: Um you can, yes, because you it's just like just like you know any other crypto exchange works, you know, they'll they'll have a wallet there. So as long as they would provide you with their wallet address within CoinLion, some, anybody could send funds into your wallet.
0: Fantastic. And then finally, Josh, what do you feel like the next stumbling challenge is going to be for CoinLion before you're able to get that critical mass?
1: Um, I think that the next, the, the challenges are the regulation, you know, all the licensing that you need, the compliance and all that. Those are some of the biggest challenges and that's why we are putting a lot of time, energy and funding into that. So we don't know where the regulatory environment is headed. Um, I think there was just a release here with the Senate uh, talking a little bit about some of this stuff, if I'm remembering correctly from what my attorney said, but, uh, you know, that things are looking positive. So as long as there's no uh, debilitating regulation, I think that, uh, you know, hitting, you know, getting a, a large user base and things like that should not be too difficult. I mean we plan to have, you know, 15 to 20,000 users when we launch. So
0: Fantastic, Josh. I really appreciate you taking the time and opportunity to speak with us.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Tony. I really appreciate it. It was great.
0: You've been listening to the Blocktails podcast, and I am your host, Tony Scar. We've been speaking with the co founder and CEO of CoinLion, Mr. Josh DeWitt. For more information on CoinLion, you can head over to their website at www.coinlion.com. You can read their white paper, you can try a demo of their platform, and of course, you can read up on their white paper for their ICO. Here at Far From TV, we deliver business and technology news, data and insights, as well as opinions from top industry leaders on what's hot and what's wrong with today's technology ecosystem. You can follow us on Twitter, at Far From TV, and please find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And don't forget about WeChat. You can find all of the Far From TV podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. And when you find us and listen, please don't forget to give us a rating and a review. Your support means a lot to us, and we value your feedback. If you wish to send us a note, which you can do so on any of the social media platforms where you find us, and if you'd like to send us an email, please go right ahead and email us at info at farfrom.tv. That's I-N-F-O at farfrom.tv.
2: looking at the entire spectrum of financial technologies. As digital currencies become the norm, the forum will tackle questions of security and authority, bringing together top thinkers in the fintech and blockchain spaces to speculate on and craft the future of money. When you can pay for Valley parking with Bitcoin, or your office vending machine uses a blockchain payment system, or if your smartphone is buying your groceries, are traditional financial systems still pertinent? Who has the power and control? And what guarantees are there for the safety of your money? Join the 2018 Digital Money Forum as we examine and discuss the endless possibilities, as well as the risk, rewards, and safety of doing business and living with the democratization of money.